Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Tuesday undefeated morning, Birds fans. You got your Mac and Mac guys back here early in Adam on a Tuesday. Yes, the Eagles will. Well, no, maybe not. John, you told us yesterday you don't think the whole team will get together till tomorrow, right? Uh, chomping at the bit. Yeah, I, I mean, know Eagle no fans are, are Eagle players chomping at the get bit to get back at it. Um, I doubt it. Nobody likes to practice, but, uh, you know, maybe, on, uh, you heard me say undefeated, right? If they were listening, they'd hear me say undefeated. Isn't that motivation enough to say, let's get this thing going again. Hey man, you're undefeated with the, the method they're using. So, you know, Wednesday is practice. That's when you get back to practice. No, yeah, no, no need but, for extra but work. 
they're famous for a walk to Wednesday. You sure it's going to be a practice and not a walk-to-win? I think it's going to be a practice because they had so much time off. So I think it's going to be a traditional practice. But you never know with this team. You never know. I I would I would be shocked if it was a walkthrough Wednesday. Uh, uh, I think we're yeah. going to see a real practice as real as they can be in the modern era. I'm kind of shocked that they're not practicing today, but that's just me. I'm I'm probably too old school in that way, but uh, the Eagles will get back to work at some point this week. Johnny Mac thinks full-blown practice tomorrow, yeah. and there at practice will be a former Eagle who's been out of the way for the last month and a half, but he is returning to the Eagles, at least on the practice squad. Uh, Greg Ward re-signs with the Birds yesterday. You know, I'm a fan. Uh, even though so are the uh, Eagles, by the way, they they surely are. They waited the six weeks they had to as per NFL regulations. He was released with a injury designation, which means the Eagles could not resign him at the earliest for six weeks. Well, the six weeks have come and gone, which means Greg Ward is eligible to be back on the Eagles, and he is just that on the practice squad. And even though I'm a uh, a fanboy, he's got no chance to play for this team this year, does he? Oh, sure, he's got a chance. Remember, you have three uh, practice squad elevations for each player on the practice squad. So, you know, if they come into a week, the Eagles coaching staff has proven that they will look at the opponent that week. And if they feel they need a different punt returner, say, or a different uh, look in the slots, then, you know, Quez Watkins isn't, we talked about a little bit yesterday, isn't... uh, a natural slot receiver. If they want one of those guys for a particular week, they might elevate him and let him play. Um, Why not? But, uh, you know, great guy, great in the locker room leader was the leader of that room. I think a lot of people forget back in the summer, Um, you know, he's been around for a while now. So um, it can't hurt. I mean, they do have four wide receivers on the practice squad. Which yeah, I don't that, get. That, that's I mean, why like, I said there's no way he's going to play because they've got three guys ahead of him on the practice squad. Well, not, yeah, but that, I, you know, he walks into that building. He's probably ahead of the guy. He's certainly ahead of Devin Allen. I mean, there's no, no question about that. And Auden Tate, he's certainly ahead of him. Deion Kane, you could argue, might be a little bit ahead because he had somewhat of a strong summer. But I, I think he walks into the door as sort of at the top end to the, all the practice squad receivers. But I think they're going to make another move that you don't need for. Um, it'll probably be Auden Tate more than anybody else. They worked out John Reed, the old Penn State corner. Everybody's excited about that because he's from Mount Laurel and St. Joe's Prep. Um, maybe they're looking at another corner uh, to, to put on the practice squad. Uh, I'm talking about don't get you got to make sure people get really excited about this stuff but uh, um, yeah they're probably not going to keep four wide receivers on the practice squad for long and I when you told me yesterday Greg Ward was back I I had not seen yet so I asked you well who'd they take off the practice squad I didn't even realize they they had an opening on the practice squad so uh, signing Greg Ward was no problem whatsoever all they had to do was bring him back um, but now they're full up on the practice squad and if they yeah they're going <laughs> to sign someone else for another position to get better balance on their practice squad uh, I would agree with you it's probably going to be a wide receiver that's going to go. 
Um, and again, uh, for those who haven't been watching Bird 365 from day one, and we're up to show number 390 today. Yeah, I've been a Greg Ward fan the entire time. Does the fact that, do you think he had a handshake deal with the Eagles that in six weeks, I'm definitely coming back to you guys? Because he could have signed with anybody else. Yeah. The Eagles gave him an injury designation. Doesn't mean that he couldn't have signed immediately with another team. And he has been just waiting in limbo for the last six weeks. Doesn't that tell you something? Well, I could tell you two things. Good. Yeah, he had a handshake deal. It was all, you know, wink, wink. We'll bring you back when we can. He wasn't ready to contribute. He had that toe injury. So, you know, he, he was making a push for a roster spot. I think people kind of forget. It wasn't like he was going to be cut. But then he missed most of camp with that with that toe injury. And it was, I was told it was a four-week injury at the time. And he wasn't going to be ready for the start. So, they went this route. Um, you know, if you play somebody on injured reserve, which they did, and you don't work out an injury settlement, they're done for the season before you you can't. In other words, if you play somebody on IR before game one, they're done for the season. Um, unless yeah, can you, work... you designate them for return, they didn't uh, think. No, was... you can't do that. You can do that now. You can do that. After week one, you can designate anybody to return. But if you get placed on IR in the preseason before week one, you're done. You're done for the uh, year. Before cutdowns, yeah, okay. Yeah, unless unless you work out an injury settlement, you wait the time, um, and then you can bring him back at a certain point, which is gen- which is tied to how long the injury settlement is, plus I believe three weeks on top of it. So that entire time, you can sign with anybody else. You know, the the team that is trying to to skirt the system, so to speak, is the one that's penalized a little bit. So it it tells you one of two things: Greg really likes the Eagles, and vice versa, which is true, or not a lot of interest either. Other in other places, which could be true as well. Um, we've talked about Greg a lot. It, great you know, work ethic, great guy in the building, somewhat limited, um, strictly a slot receiver, doesn't have a ton of speed, um, all those things. But he secures, but, you know, a lot of ways as a punt returner, he's exactly like Britton Covey. I mean, he's very, he's very stable. He's very secure, but he doesn't have a lot of explosiveness. And that's the problem with, with Britton Covey as well. Um, And as a receiver, as I said, strictly a slot guy. You're not going to play him outside, but uh, he's great to have around the building, uh, you know, especially with the younger receivers. Here's the question I would have. Yeah. Cause if he wants to come back to the Eagles, I'm sure there's a comfort level and he likes the town and he likes the coach staff. And he likes his teammates. Again, the AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are going nowhere fast. Quez Watkins is what Quez Watkins is. And the guy who's kind of become the forgotten guy in the Eagle wide receiver room is Zach Pascal. Uh during the when he signed during the offseason, we knew he was one of the coach. coaching staff. They love him. They love him. But he's a blocker. Uh, I yeah, mean, I was gonna yeah. say, Johnny, just do me a quick favor. How many snaps has he played? Uh, they can they can love him all they want, but they well, love Greg Ward too. Yeah. And then and then you look at who's actually getting out there onto the field, and I go, "How much can you love a guy when you're only paying him, playing him?" I guarantee is, is Pascal's less than ten percent 
of the offensive snaps. I don't know what it is. Uh, just uh, off, judging by my eye, he doesn't play 10% of the snaps. Uh, it's nice that they uh, love you. They, they don't play out there. Uh, the love they, is only so much. He, I'm going to say he's way over 10%. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking it up real quick. Um, he's a blocker. I mean, the world needs role players. I got into this yesterday with the trade deadline. The world needs, and I'm joking, obviously, because uh, – everybody can't be a star. Everybody's got, somebody's got to do the dirty work. Zach Pascal's a, a, a dirty work guy. He's not, you know, AJ Brown could do it physically, but he doesn't want to do that. I mean, he's a star. You got to be realistic about these things. And, you know, when they run all those bubble screens, which I hate, but when they do run them and they do work, it's usually because Zach Pascal's getting a block, to be honest. Um, so he is very good in that aspect of the game. Um, 120 snaps. Um, Out of how many? Uh, four. Jalen's played 444. He's never left the field. So really? Okay. So it's he is out there for like a third of the snaps. Uh, yeah, about 25%. Yeah, 25. A little bit more than 25. Uh, and let's see, Quez would be, you know, because that's the toggle back and forth. Um, and Quez plays more, but uh, he's way Quez is up at 251. So they play a lot of 11 personnel. Uh, but when they want the blocker on the field, that's when that's who's when got Zach who's Pascal. got more snaps, uh, uh Zach Pasco or Jack Stoll? Uh, you mentioned they prefer to be in 11 than 12, but they played plenty of 12. Didn't yeah, you? they played plenty of 12. Uh, and Jack's played more recently, too. They've been going more in that direction. Uh, Jack's got more. Jack's at uh, 178. Um, and, and, and how many? Jack's at it? 120. 120. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he's played slightly more than I am, but, and that's on me because, yeah, you don't notice him because he's just doing the dirty work that you got to get done, which is blocking on specific plays. Uh, and Greg Ward is not going to be coming in and getting those snaps from him because that's not what Greg Ward Here's does. A, can I throw an interesting comp at you now that I'm looking yeah. at this? Journey? Uh, Zach Pascoe's, I said, 120. Kenny Gainwell, 119. Yeah, he's been a disappointment. Kenny yes. Uh, the, but yet the Eagles are still one of the top running teams in the National Football League. Oh, yeah. That's because Miles having as good a year as he is, and Jalen gives you what he gives you, and you don't uh, worry about the fact that some people had Kenny Gainwell breaking out this year, becoming the lead back of the Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, that was silly. That was silly. It probably was. I, it wasn't me, uh, but there <laughs> were some people who thought that Kenny Gainwell was going to have a breakout year. I'll give you a guy who might uh, be kicking off a breakout year. You watched Monday Night Football last night? Little bits, little bits. You know, oof. I mean, this league is, this is Pete Rozelle's dream, man. I mean, this league is parody. Just, you don't know who, you don't know the difference between these two stinking teams. And, you know, I criticize Chicago a lot. And I know you're a Justin Fields fan. Yes. I'll say this about Justin Fields. If he can weather this storm, and by this storm I mean he's in an organization that didn't help him, not only from a personnel standpoint, from a scheme standpoint, 
so when I say weather the storm, I mean sort of mentally get over this hurdle of lack of success and getting banged up and having no help because that can affect quarterbacks. That can affect quarterbacks in a really negative way. Um, he's got a lot of talent, man. He has he's got shown, a lot of he's talent. He's shown no signs of that. He has kept his mental game uh, on the straight narrow last year into this year, despite some of the shortcomings that you alluded to. Yeah, he's got talent. And uh, I uh, previously watched him play a couple of games, and I was getting significantly concerned because I thought he was trying to guide the football, that he was thinking too much and it is a system that doesn't fit his skills and he just wasn't letting it rip off the shoulder. Oh, he let it rip a couple times last night. He's got a top 10 arm. And when it comes to arm strength, believe me that Justin Fields says that. And he reminded me a lot last night of Jalen Hurts. If it's there, throw it, gun it, let it go. If not, be ready to take off upfield. They had designated running plays for him last night. I think he took off about 10 times. I think he ran uh, it. Yeah, he, had, he ran it a lot. And, you know, he's uh, – I'm going to get – my first getting in trouble of the moment. He's got more physical gifts than Jalen does. Now, Jalen's a better he's quarterback. Got, he's got more arm strength than uh, he's 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 more athletic, too. I mean, he's incredibly I think he's athletic. He's I incredibly think he's athletic. Um, I'm just talking physical traits. That doesn't make you a great player. Like I just talked about, you know, Devin Allen. Uh, you know, Devin Allen's an Olympic freaking hurdler. Doesn't mean he can play football. So before everybody gets up in arms, Jalen Hurts is a much better quarterback at this stage than Justin Fields. But Justin Fields is, has better physical gifts. I can't, I can't believe I'm going to make an argument for Hertz over uh, Fields. Does the ability to move the pile from the one-yard line count as athleticism? Because surely I'll give uh, Jalen Hurts the nod over Justin Fields in that comparison. Well, Jalen's tremendous. Look, I said Jalen's a better quarterback, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, you know, can he... Uh, can he deadlift 620 pounds, uh, uh, Justin Fields? My guess is no. I don't think there's ever been a quarterback that can deadlift 620 pounds. Right. So Jalen Hurts was a power lifter in in high school and, and really into college, but he's very powerful. Um, so he's stronger. I mean, he's so, yeah, stronger. Yeah, here's what it angry. comes down to, John. I, I guess you and I are looking at this differently. Strength. That that hurts has, does that not connotate to athleticism for you? Is that separate? Is is that yeah? That I would say it's separate. I mean, nobody looks at oh that quarterback's really strong in the weight room. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers and and Tom Brady, for instance, playing late into their careers. They don't even lift weights anymore. I mean, they do all this yoga stuff and all this, uh, you know, and flexibility, upper body flexibility. No, in other words, no. But when people are scouting quarterbacks, nobody's going, "Oh, this guy's you know Matt Amendola kicker." This guy, you know, when you have it and when you see it in 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 practice, I guarantee you the Eagles weren't saying, "Hey, we love Jalen Hurts because he can deadlift six hundred twenty pounds." They liked him as a quarterback, as a player, as 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 things he could do. So with that particular position. 
No, offensive line. Yeah, you got to be powerful. Being powerful helps uh, when you're an offensive lineman. And even that is not doesn't guarantee anything. But, you know, the more you can just overwhelm people. But I would say, you know, if you ask most scouts that strength is very low on the list for quarterbacks. Um, right. And yeah. you're describing it as an overall evaluative uh, part of a, a, a whole look at a quarterback. I'm just talking about the use of the word athleticism. You said you no, think I wouldn't Justin put it Field in there. is I more athletic no. yeah. than Jalen Hurts. And I'd say one of the things that kind of tips it towards Jalen Hurts is his ability to get behind an offensive line and move four guys that weigh over 350 pounds. That, to me, is athleticism. When you can just put your head down and drive the pile forward for a touchdown from the yard and a half mark, that counts for me as athleticism. Yeah, well, that's your definition. I would, you know, I, you know, I would, I would point, you know, what, what are the, what are the things they do at, at, at the combine? 40 yard dash, 10 yard split, 20 yard split, broad jump. Uh, you know, quarterbacks hello, are weightlifting. Do yeah, they not quarter, do weightlifting at the uh, combine? Nobody looks at 225 for quarterbacks. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Did they do it? That's a good question. I don't even know. Uh, I'll look up Beals. He ran a four four six one five nine ten yard two point six twenty yard nine nine eleven broad jump. No no number on two twenty five. So my guess is no. Um, and those and are I, his pro days. I'll tell you, I just most make- most top tier quarterbacks don't even work out at the combine right those, those numbers were from his pro day but no he didn't he didn't he didn't lift 225 okay. although you know he's also 6'3 230 he's probably pretty strong as well i, I don't know that for a fact but my right. guess is i uh, i do i i think he's probably one of the stronger quarterbacks he's just not jalen hurts who might be the strongest quarterback and just oh he definitely is Jalen definitely is nobody nobody's stronger than Jalen Hurts playing quarterback I feel very comfortable saying that very the, comfortable uh, as do I um I would just personally I'd rather know what kind of weight a quarterback could put up over what his uh uh leaping abilities are uh I I would want to know can I use this guy for sneak? Well, I would tell than- you that it, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, for instance, the deadlift is far more stinking important than the 225. Because uh, being a, if you're talking about, you know, nobody cares about upper body, that's lower body. So, I mean, when you're trying to move the pile, and by the way, give Jason Kelsey credit. And, and the Eagles, you know, I don't know if you saw that video of, uh, Kelsey was mic'd up against the Cowboys and he goes up to, to snap the ball on one of the sneaks. And he says, you know, what's coming. And they just sneak it. And he told him he Larry bird them. He said, you know, what's coming. And, and, and they converted. So give a lot of credit to Jason Kelsey, the offensive line as well. And by the way, I was just ripping Kenny Gainwell. The Eagles have also and give the credit for the coaching staff with this this stupid rule that they have to change where you can push the player over. Kenny Gainwell's done a tremendous job with that. 
as as soon as the Eagles do the quarterback sneak, Kenny Gainwell's there, <laughs> you know, pushing, uh, you know, the old Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush right. rule that they changed. Um, so everybody's involved with that. But Jalen is tremendous at it. Tremendous. He's got unbelievable drive in his legs, which is uh, how many shows we've done in the past years. Well, who's going to be the Eagles shortening out at back? Who the, when, are, when are they bringing Jordan Howard back? The Eagles need a shortening out. No, they have a short yardage back. His name yeah. is Jalen Hurts. They don't need another short yardage back. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. I can see in our green room that the big man, Easy Ed Kurtz, is getting ready to join us. He's up next here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com.
your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. Jordan McDonald, John McMullen, and our buddies, the Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated, Eagle Maven, uh, jumping in with us here on a Tuesday before the second half starts. All right, Ed, I want to f- follow up on the conversation I had with John by asking you a question. If you were Howie Roseman and you took a call on July 1st this year, and Howie would be making a whole bunch of calls this uh, week with the NFL trade deadline now exactly one week away. Um, but if you got a call on July 1st from the Bears general manager and they offered you Justin Fields straight up for Jalen Hurts. Now, I'm not talking about today. I'm not talking about uh, last week of October. I'm talking about July 1st. So what has transpired between July 1st and this hasn't happened yet. If you were the general manager and they offered you Justin Fields for Jalen Hurts, would you not have pulled the trigger? Uh, I don't think I would have, <clears throat> you know, and I, and listen, hindsight, I just, I'm not a big believer in big 10 quarterbacks. I know, I know, listen, you know, you're lumping Never scout the helmet, Jeff. but somehow, uh, but somehow you're a Sam Howell guy. He's an ACC he's guy. ACC. Oh. He's a I, I, the, is what he is. The, the big 10 to me just doesn't produce quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, you know, Ed, that Brady guy sucks. I I gotta <laughs> give it to you, big guy. That, that was... Brady guy. How how he's lasted in the league for twenty two years is beyond my imagination. As a Big Ten guy, give me another one. Uh, that, well, I, will I don't say... have to go any further. When you got to go, you don't have to <laughs> go. To twenty years two. ago, that was twenty five years ago. I mean, come on, he can. You know, but by the way, Justin Fields has and and the Eagles had a chance to draft Justin Fields. So they didn't want Justin Fields for whatever reason. They could have drafted. I wasn't asking the Eagles. I'm asking Ed. Well, you asked him about you asked him about how he wrote. I will say this, though, when you say Big Ten quarterback, first of all, first rule of scouting, never scout the helmet. Fields started at Georgia. So he's sort of Jalen Hurts. He went, you know, Jalen went to Alabama, finished at Oklahoma. He started at Georgia, finished at Ohio State. So technically, he's an SEC quarterback. How many reps did he get at Georgia? How many many. snaps did he get? I mean, not many, but he he got the Georgia. And the big He got beat out by a bad quarterback. But wait, are you going to blame that on Justin Field? You're going to blame that on a Georgia coach? Yeah. I, they made the wrong decision. So hard. To, look, look at this kid in Ohio State. After Jalen Hurts got up and left, we saw him here last year against the Eagles. He can't freaking play. Well, listen. Look, look at this CJ Stroud kid at Ohio State. Now, how do you evaluate him? He's throwing the wide open guys, and Ohio State has had good receivers come into this league. Yeah, they they have great. It's receivers. so hard to evaluate. The college quarterback, because so many I'll guys. Give you, are so I'll good. give you another since since you're not counting Jalen Hurts as an SEC guy. I'll give you another Big Ten guy, Joe Burrow. Well, he's an SEC guy. No, I he's did. not. Well, you just said you, it's where you start, not where you. It's where you finish, not where you start. But how many? He was he was a Big Ten guy to start. He was he at Ohio State. He couldn't he beat couldn't out play Justin at Field. Ohio State. I listen. He was developed at LSU. He wasn't developed at Ohio State. Yeah, by the way, that proves it is it is difficult with quarterbacks because, you know, for some reason, Ohio State didn't see what what Joe Burrow had. For some reason, Georgia didn't see what Justin Fields had and they had to go elsewhere, which is, you know, probably a college football problem more than anything else. But, you know, Georgia clearly made the wrong decision, but they won a national championship. So did they make a wrong decision? I don't know. Did they make a wrong decision? 
yeah, uh, they, they, they took the worst player, but you know, sometimes it's for your system systems matter. The, 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 the Eagles, you know, there's a lot of revisionist history with the Eagles in the quarterback position. Cause Jalen hurts has turned the corner seemingly. A lot of people like to forget the Eagles were trying to get better quarterback. Now we're, they were trying to get a proven player, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, but they had a chance at Justin Fields, and for whatever reason, they didn't like Justin Fields as a player. But that's he played you know, in the Big Ten. <laughs> which, which, by, which, by the way, what do we consider Russell Wilson? That yeah, he's a, yeah, he's, he's North uh, Carolina he's, State, he's, Wisconsin. He's, Wisconsin. he's a Wisconsin yeah. guy for one year. He played there one year. I'll, I'll give him that, you know. Okay. But uh, and and Kerry Collins, you know, he's a Penn State guy. He he had a pretty nice career in the NFL. But to me, that they're outliers. Uh, you know, you, you look at some of these guys that come in from the Big Ten, and they're just not the typical quarterbacks you like to see. So it's always about the player, man. Never. I know. I get it. It's like saying USC receivers can't play yeah. because we've seen the, those guys fall on their face too. Although yeah. we've seen some good ones come into the league since uh, you know the, some of the failures. But uh, you know, to me, I just think when you look at Justin Fields too, I think he would be better if he was in Philadelphia with a oh, coach. Yeah. Staff as smart oh, yeah. as the one that is in Philadelphia right now, I think he'd be better. Um, who's to say he's not as good as Jalen Hurts would be is right now, Justin Fields. But you know, listen, you already had J- Jalen Hurts. He's he had been in your system for this is what his third year. You know, came in twenty twenty, so okay. you know he was a little further along. So maybe that's why they stayed with him rather than going with a Justin Fields. That's that's a that's a very legitimate answer because familiarity uh, is. Key if you want to hit the ground running. Plus, you have the work ethic and all. Like, the Eagles know what Jalen Hurts is. And Nick Sirianni says all the time, I don't know what his ceiling is. How many times has he said this, Ed? But he's going to reach it because of his work ethic and the way he goes about his business. So, when you're talking about, all right, if you're going to turn the page with another young quarterback, what are the odds another young quarterback approaches the game like Jalen Hurts? Probably not very good. And that's not an insult to Justin Fields. That's all of them. Probably not very good. So the Eagles were, all right, if we can get better with a veteran who knows how to do it as a professional, we'll go down that route. But, you know, why why go with another young quarterback and you got to go back to square one, no matter how talented they are? But let me get your opinion on this. Uh, what, What colleges they played for aside, experience in the league and work ethic aside who's got the bet who's got the better arm fields or hurts um you know i haven't seen enough of fields to really make that judgment i you know i watched a little of that game uh thursday night or monday night i guess it was and uh you know he 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 made some nice throws but he also made some really bad throws uh you know a short screen pass i saw that you know, Jabril Peppers might have been able to intercept. He, he overthrew a guy down in the end zone. So, And I know Hurts makes those mistakes, and every quarterback's going to miss those throws. As far as strength goes of the arm, I, I, I haven't seen enough of fields to really uh, render a, a decision there. But I, I don't have a problem with Hurts' arm strength. I really don't. Right. I, mean, that, I think they're both uh, top half of the league. Yeah. I think they're both. And, and there was a, a lot of people question when before Jalen just had the, the six games that he's had, uh, we're not going to win with Jalen. He just doesn't have the arm strength. I never understood that. Why people didn't see Jalen throw the ball last year and go, his arm strength isn't good. His arm strength I, is I don't. Fine. I don't even know. You know, the Eagles have clapped back on that numerous times. It, you know, Nick says, 
you either have the you reach the level or you don't. He reaches the level. They never were concerned about his uh, arm strength. Ed knows that from behind the scenes. Never were concerned. Now, if you line him up um, at the goal line and who throws the ball farthest, it's probably Fields. But who gives a flying? That's not how you play football. I mean, every once in a while, okay, Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball 70 yards in the air if you need a Hail Mary. And, 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 and Trevor Lawrence can – you just saw it this week – uh, weekend with the Hail Mary that, I don't know, went 65 yards in the air, whatever the heck it was. Um, who cares? You don't do that in the normal aspect of the game. It's like, it, it, I don't I don't understand why people get, you, you, there are a bunch of, Tom Brady doesn't have a strong arm. Never no. had a, no. a, a top tier arm. I don't get why people are obsessed with that. If you reach the level, you reach the level. But, uh, but here's where I disagree with you a little bit, John. I don't think NFL people decide arm strength by who can throw it the farthest. I think a much better uh, way to describe how to 20 yards moving out of the pocket on a line. Who can, while moving either right or left, and yeah, always a lot easier when you're going to your arm side, 20 yards on a line on the uh, out-of-bounds marker. Who can throw it better? That's a better judge of arm strength of who can throw it 70 yards in the air. You're right. Who cares who can throw it 70 yards in the air? Who can throw it on a line, a zip to it, and be able to hit a guy uh, right at the sideline from 20 yards out while moving? That's the indicator of arm strength. And both of those guys, Jalen Hurts and uh, Justin Fields, can do that. They're both, for me, top half of the league, no questions asked. Yeah, I, I would even say some of those shorter throws, they're not short throws, but if a quarterback's in the pocket and he's throwing a pass across the field, you know, on a five-yard out, those are long throws. And you have to have a strong arm to get it there. So a cornerback's going to jump that route and, you know, have a pick six in his pocket. So, I mean, that, that that's, a, that's a good uh, judge of arm strength, too. Is are you able to make that long throw across the field if you're rolling left and you – you, you slide left and you have to come all the way back across to the right side of the field. That's a long throw and you have to have some zip to get it there too. It's not, it's not a punt pass and kick competition. Obviously you're not looking to throw, no. you, know, that's Mike, the thing. Vick, you know, you know, 60 Nick, yards in the air, but you got to get it there on a line. Uh, accuracy, decision-making movement skills, arm strength. Those are the four things Nick Sirianni looks at. And the first two are a heck of a lot more, more important than the back two. As yeah. he always says. So um, those are the things you got to reach a certain level, obviously, to be an NFL quarterback. But Jalen Hurts reaches that level, has always reached that level. The Eagles have never had a concern with his arm strength. Um, I do want to turn the page towards the trade deadline, Ed, because we all know. I, I wish people would stipulate that, and not only fans, but media people would stipulate. Howie's calling about everybody, everybody, period. If you have, if, if you have, if you're a good football player, he's going to call. So, you know, he made that non-offer offer us. I called for Christian McCaffrey, a third round pick when, you know, every, you know, they're getting four picks for him. That essentially says, eh, we just want to keep an eye on what people are worth. Um, he's called about Brian Burns. He's not giving up two first round picks. Um, but I do think he's going to do something. And, you know, there's a third safety. Um, more explosive tight end if one is available uh, to make that 12 personnel a little bit more uh, devastating. 
maybe another edge rusher, rusher, but a role player as an edge rusher. Um, the big name trap. Everybody gets caught into it. Do you want to? Do, do you think the chemistry is real on this team? Do you? In other words, I'll, I'll phrase it this way: If you get Christian McCaffrey, if you get Brian Burns, isn't that going to affect you in a negative way, at least short term? Uh, from what you built up as the only unbeaten team in the NFL? Um, you know, I, I think, listen, you go back to 2017, right, when he brought in Jay Ajayi, and, and people thought he was going to kind of, you know, tip the apple cart a little bit there because LeGarrette Blunt was kind of your number one back. You had Corey Clement, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, valuable snaps. Um, you know, Kenyon Barner, I think, was working his way in as a running back a little bit too. So people thought Blunt would be upset when they brought in Ajayi, and he was very welcoming. I, you know, I think this team can absorb anybody at this point. You know, you could bring in whoever, and I think just the culture that they have set that they're going to connect, right? They're going to be accountable. Uh, Jalen Hurts seems to always be out front of the, you know, the welcome committee, right? He's always texting the first one to text the new guy. So yeah. no, I, I don't think it would disrupt the chemistry at all. If you brought in a Burns or a McCaffrey or, you know, so, name your superstar that they try to get and they won't, I agree with you, but I think that, you know, whoever they bring in is going to be welcomed and, and is going to be, you know, embraced. And th- th- I don't think that would spoil the chemistry at all. Yeah, I'm with that on this one. Just because the coaching staff and the quarterback, and yeah, he's offense, not defense, but they've got good leaders like Brandon Graham on the defense as well. That's why the one position that it might not be as good is if it's taking snaps away from Brandon. They've already done a great job of less is more with Brandon Graham. If they make it even less than that, Brandon might not be the happiest guy around. Um, But no, I have faith in this coaching staff. The reason why I don't think the Eagles are going to make a big deal, John, is Howie Roseman evaluation. You, you like to bring this up all the time, and you're right about it. Howie is tremendous evaluation. Sometimes evaluation not as good, but valuation. He's not going to pay the price. No. If the price was what no. McCaffrey cost, there was no way the Eagles are doing something like that. There's no way they're paying uh, for the Burns kid from Carolina. That's not Howie Roseman's motif. Howie Roseman always seems to win the trade when it comes to valuation. And right now I don't see him being able to pull off one where he's going to be able to rip somebody off. I, I think if he wanted a running back, I mean, James Robinson just got yeah. traded. Uh, yeah. for, to Jody's you know, Jets. Uh, yeah. condi- conditional six round pick. Yeah. Uh, bag, you know, a bag of uh, footballs really, when yeah. you think about it, I mean, it can become a fifth, but that, that's a, that's a great ad by the Jets. But if the Eagles really wanted to bring in a running back, I don't know why, you know, Okay, McCaffrey's the stud. Let's offer a three. We know they're not going to take it, but you know we're 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 just testing the market here. But if you really wanted a running back, why wouldn't the Eagles have said, "Yeah, we'll give you a fifth, You know, no conditions attached, a fifth rounder for James Robinson, and bring him in. I, I don't think they want a running back. I mean, I no. know they did it. In I, I think they may want a running back, but a backup running back, not um, more of a role player, because I don't think that. Kenny Gainwell's taken that step forward like they hoped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think uh, Boston Scott. I think they're very comfortable with, but I think they believe he's limited. Um, and we don't know much about Trey Sermon at this point. You know, you were back in Cleveland during the summer, and you remember that sort of. I don't want to say it went viral, but 
Kareem Hunt was talking about uh, requesting a trade. Nick Sirianni was pictured talking to him. They were, you know, glad handing each other. What about Kareem Hunt uh, for this team? That to me would make a lot of sense. If if and I don't even know if Cleveland wants to deal him. I don't know where it is, but that he's got some talent. He yeah. does. But let me ask you a question, John. Sorry, Ed. That's right. It doesn't that just step directly on what you were just talking about? You don't want to screw with chemistry. Now, here's go, the difference. If you go get Kareem Hunt, he's becoming your number one back, and Miles Sanders becomes a backup. That is something I actually do believe. That would be a big enough trade where it could potentially hurt the chemistry of teams. Well, here's the difference between, uh, and I should have explained this better when I asked Ed the question. When when he's right, and he, you know, he hasn't been right for basically two and a half years, but when he's healthy. You, you could make a strong argument that Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football. He ran for 1,400 yards. He had 1,000 yards receiving in 2019. 1,000 yards receiving as a running back. He is a player that demands the football. In other words, you're making it very difficult for Shane Steichen. You have this great offense, and then all of a sudden, Christian McCaffrey's coming off the street. And you have, if he's on the field, you have to get him involved. In in the case of Kareem Hunt, he's a very good player. And this is why I don't like the Ajahi comparisons to Christian. They're two completely different worlds of player. It would be the same thing as Ajahi and, 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 and LeGarrette Blunt. All right, who's better at that point? Maybe it's Miles. Maybe, maybe it's Kareem Hunt. McCaffrey's a different level of player. Brian Burns is a different level of player. If you acquire that kind of talent, it, you have to get them involved. You have to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. To me, Hunt comes in, good player. If Miles plays better, you play Miles. If Kareem gets high, you play Kareem. So that's the difference to me. But, Ed, your thoughts. Well, I think you have to be careful bringing in Kareem Hunt. He's a guy that needs a contract just like Miles Sanders needs a contract at the end of the year. You're bringing in another big decision, especially if you have to give up, what, a third-round pick maybe to get Kareem Hunt? Maybe, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you more. Know, conditional four, maybe, that goes to a three if he does well. Maybe, I mean, I they brought Golden Tate in in 2018 for a fourth-rounder, you know. Uh, so, you know, maybe Which if they get work. but But, no, it didn't. But – Again, well, he did make that big fourth. He did, yeah, big play in the playoffs. Yeah. Ran but, the wrong route, but got the touchdown. Yeah, yeah, but I just think Hunt brings in another problem in the decision-making process. Now you have to decide on two running backs, which one you're going to extend. Now that could that could go both ways. Players, Sanders or Hunt, could kind of sulk if they don't feel like they're being given an opportunity to – you know, earn that next contract, or it could be a great motivator for both of them to say, Hey, I'm the best and whatever opportunities I get, I'm going to make the most of so I can get that contract extension. I don't think how he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to bring in another headache uh, in the postseason to kind of, or in, in the off season to figure out what to do with. I mean, I, I just don't see him uh, bringing in a Kareem Hunt. I think the Eagles really like what they have at running back. They look at Trey Sermon as another third round pick. I mean, he was a third-round pick of the 49ers, so they view him as, hey, we, we got a third-round pick basically for nothing. Um, and I think they really like Trey Sermon. And, you know, Kenny Gainwell, again, second year, I don't think they're going to give up on him. Are they getting enough from him at this point? No, maybe hopefully when he comes out of the bye, 
you know, something clicks for him, we'll see. But right now, Miles Sanders is the guy. And, you know, the Eagles like that. And I, I just don't think they'll bring in another running. I really don't think they'll add another running back. Now, listen, when you get down to it and the deadline gets closer, we're a week away now. But as you creep down into the, you know, the last 48 hours or 24 hours and you're not getting any offers for what you really would like to have on, on defense and you say, I need to do something, then maybe that kind of – you know, desperation spurs a move that maybe is like your second tier move, like a Kareem Hunt. But I, I, don't, I just don't think they'll bring in a, a another player like Kareem Hunt or Brian Burns. Carolina is not trading him. I think it'll be kind of a role player, a, a veteran rental, maybe like a Jerry Hughes, like Jody mentioned last week. I'd Robert love Robert Quinn, one. maybe Robert, Robert Quinn. Quinn, possibly uh, maybe Chubb from Cleveland. You know, maybe uh, Bradley Chubb. Chubb would be more expensive. Um, Probably, but he's not having a great year. And and maybe the kid Farrell, uh, who who really hasn't done anything, Cleveland Farrell. Yeah. Uh, you know, Get Mike Mayock involved. He, he'll, he'll, he'll yeah, talk maybe, you know, he's a rental. Maybe you trade Andre Dillard for him. I, I <laughs> Straight up, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, but I, I think that's kind of the player we're looking at is someone that can come in and just fill a role. You know, you don't have to bring in someone that's going to tip the apple cart in the backfield there with you know contracts looming at the end of the season with let me get both you guys takes on a player who you just threw out there at uh quinn from uh chicago watched the game last night i think he played i think i recognized the number i didn't see him make any plays he's got one sack in six games i know you go back and look at the last couple of years he's been one of the better sack guys in the nfl he's top 10 this year he's got one sack in six games and Johnny Mac's favorite. I think he's got like three hurries. Uh, he might not be motivated to be there. He's a 10 year face, 32 years old. I, I think the guy's got nothing left in the tank. If you're trading for Robert Quinn, you're trading for his name more than his production. Big name trap. His career. Big name trap. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't go there, Howie. Don't go there. And he's got a huge contract, too. So it's almost like, you know, the compensation, they they might have to factor in the money, too. The Bears might have to pick up some of that tab because that's a big contract. And I think he signed for another two years after this. Two more at, after this? At, I thought it was only one. You might be maybe, right. Maybe it is. I think it is. I think it is 2024 uh, or 2023. Yeah, I think it is just one. By the way, you know, it's with, a big with Robert Quinn, he had 18 and a half sacks last year. Last year. Last, last year. year. I mean, year. I mean he's got two six games, John. He's got one. Um, so to me, it's more of, he probably doesn't want to be there. I, I don't, I, I don't know how you fall off a table that large, that quickly <laughs> to be that good. And all of a sudden turn into somebody who's a non-entity, but you're right. I mean, but uh, my issue with edge rusher and I want, I, I want a third safety. I want a special teams player. I want a backup tight end. I don't want an edge rusher. I don't want to mess with what's going on at edge. Who are you going to sit? I know Eagles fans, for whatever reason, still don't believe in Brandon Graham, but he is playing at an incredibly high level, albeit on a pitch count. Josh Sweat is a really good player. I think he's maybe the most underrated player on this team. And Hassan Reddick has been, as advertised, uh, one of the top 10 pass rushers in this league. Who are you taking snaps away from? Right. I, I I don't like that. I don't like that thought process of the grass is always greener. What's yeah. here is really good. Look at safety. Um, 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had to miss 16 plays. It was a disaster because they had to go to Kayvon Wallace. That, to me, should be the focus. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, listen, you, what about Jabril Peppers? I mean, he, he doesn't play a whole lot in New England. I mean, I think I looked that up because I think safety is certainly – I think safety and D-line. You could even say defensive tackle if there's a defensive tackle out there because – they I got a hundred defensive tackles. Ed. They're I don't playing. Think getting enough from Marlon T and Milton Williams. I think Mil- well, Milton Williams did. Ha- we talk about Kenny Gainwell not developing. I'm not sure Milton Williams is taking yeah, that. Jody's with you there. there. I think he's been banged week. up with that knee injury. I think that's affected Milton, but he's playing through it. I think coaches be. like that. But Jabil Peppers to me is a is a guy that you might want to target right from the Patriots. He, he plays thirty percent of the like snaps. Box safeties though. They How about Chuck those. Clark? The, the Ravens are well, still Chuck, in the yeah. here. He's playing a hundred percent of the snaps. But sooner or later they're going to have to turn the page and go to Kyle yeah, Hamilton, right? Have, have you seen the Ravens secondary this year? Oh my God, they're the worst in the National Football yeah. League. I thought it was going to be a string. They give up more passing yards than anybody yeah. in the entire NFL. I don't watch. I'm, I don't break down game film on them, Ed, but it's got to be a reason for uh, it. The, the Chuck Larks of the world might not be playing as well as we thought they were going to play this year. All right, I'm going to throw a knuckleball at you. Not really a knuckleball, but I give credit to Jimmy Kemsky, our buddy, because he brought it up. Um, Rodney McLeod. Why not bring Rodney back to be the third safety? Um, you know, Indianapolis would probably trade him. He's an older player. He knows how to play. knows the system as the third safety. What about what – the Eagles love to reunite. They just reunited with Greg Ward. They always bring people back. Why not Rodney McLeod? Well, I, I would say Anthony Harris. He's not going to cost you anything. Go go bring Anthony Harris. Is he the on the street right now? He's in the practice. I, no, squad. I think he's Denver. Denver's practice. Practice squad. squad. You okay. could bring him in for nothing, and you know, cut Kayvon Wallace or whoever. Yeah, should have kept Anthony Harris. You're they, right. They probably should have. So I would. Why give up something from McLeod? I know he did a lot here and this and that, but I mean, Harris is a very good leader. I know his his game's probably average at best, um, but you know, he'd be a good third safety play. You know. 20% of the snaps, whatever role you carve yeah, out for him. Point as well. They should but have I, I would, Anthony. I would, I would go Anthony Harris. I would sign him off the, the practice squad of the Broncos and, uh, you know, figure out where to put him on the 53. I mean, if that's the way you want to go, don't trade for somebody. Bring in Anthony Harris. He's fine. He knows the system. He's a good leader, liked in the clubhouse. All right, Eddie, uh, the Eagles get back at it this week against Pittsburgh. I have been. I continue to be a big Mike Tomlin fan. I thought he made a mistake last week. I thought he should have stuck with Trubisky after he won the game for him the week before. Pickett comes in, throwing INTs all over the place. Oh, by the way, that's a bad mix for the Steelers. The Eagles are the number one takeaway team in the NFL, and Kenny Pickett is throwing interceptions left and right. That's not a good mixture if you're going to be wearing black and silver this week, uh, uh, black and uh, gold. Any chance the Steelers come in? They haven't won a game here since I think it was 65 is the last time. Franklin Field is the last time the Steelers won a game in Pittsburgh. Give me a percentage chance, zero to 100, (laughs) that the Steelers come in here and end the Eagles' undefeated season. Uh, uh, percentage chance, I would say it's probably, you know, 10% they can do it. Say, let's say less than 10. You went right to 10. Good job <laughs> out of you, Kratz. <laughs> you know, I, I I did a story on the 1972 Dolphins. They talked, you know, the four of the seven surviving members 
of that 1972 team that are in the Hall of Fame. And Larry Zonka brought up a great point. Uh, he said it's probably going to be a team that beats them that nobody expects because the, there's so much parity in the league. And, you know, that's a good point. I mean, there, there could be a team like the Steelers or maybe the Texans four days later, although I doubt it, that they can trip up the Eagles. Uh, you know, they're coming out of the bye, 6-0, and probably been told the last 10 days how great they are and, you know, uh, this and that. So I yeah. give them a 10% chance for sure. 10%. But that's- uh, you know, uh, uh, last one for me, Ed, uh, at uh, Kratzy on Twitter, uh, reademsi.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni hates looking ahead. Um, it's all about uh, today. It's all about getting better today. 1% better, Ed Kratz. So <laughs> get 1% better. But I look at Kenny Pickett coming in. And then it's David Davis Mills. Then it's Taylor Heineke. Now it's Sam Ellinger in Indianapolis. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to make a run at the Dolphins, but they're going to make a run at double-digit undefeated. Uh, and if they don't, it would be a massive disappointment. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, they're not not—they're not going to go 17-0, and 0, uh, I don't think. I mean, you know, you have the Giants, the Cowboys, but they can win. They should win these next few games. But, again, I go back to what Zonka said on a call leading up to Sunday night's honoring them at the Dolphins-Steelers game, that there, there could be a team that, you know, catches them off guard, or the Eagles could certainly beat themselves. I know they haven't done that. They haven't been a very highly penalized team they haven't turned the ball over but you know every now and then those kind of games creep up so i i wouldn't call it a disaster if they were to lose to one of these teams it may help refocus them you know that's sometimes what losses yeah, that's true do. that's true so, uh, but i just don't i just don't think it'll be the steelers i mean listen the steelers had a chance to draft jalen hurts in 2020 i thought they were going to draft jalen hurts because ben roethlisberger was 38 years old coming off an injury where he played two games. They needed a quarterback, and they took Chase Claypool, number 49, which shocked the heck out of me. And now they probably are trying to trade Chase Claypool. I've heard reports out of Pittsburgh that Claypool is on the trade block. So, you know, you look at an organization like Pittsburgh, Uh, very smart, savvy. I got to be honest with you. I don't think anybody was looking at drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round except the Eagles. So you got to give him credit. He was the curiosity. To me, he was the curiosity in the draft that year was where is Jalen Hurts going to go? This this mix of a runner, passer, who's going to take him? And I thought the Steelers would – that wasn't a really good class. It was a top-heavy class. You know, Hertz came off the board, and then the next guy didn't get taken until the Colts took Jacob Eason like a hundred and something picks later. Um, but to me, they needed to make a move at quarterback, and Hertz was the best guy on the board. And I was shocked when they didn't take him. All right, uh, do me a favor, Ed. When uh, Bradbury gets his third interception of the year and only returns it five yards, please turn to Bob Gross and go, "Yeah, you're right. He's slow." Man, he he should have gotten 10 yards on that return. How he only got five, I don't know. Please, please, please give Groats a hard time if Bradbury makes a big play on Sunday. We do. We give Groats a hard time every time Bradbury's in the the TV frame, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody somebody pretty high profile forget uh, put Bradbury in the defensive player of the year conversation, Um, which I think is absurd. I think it's a little bit much, but he's playing. Yeah, he's playing at that level. 
I think part of it is, you know, Derry, he's not even the best corner on this team, so I'm not going to put defensive player of the year conversation in it. But he's been tremendous, tremendous. And all the Eagles additions, you know, I did my bi-week awards uh, for SI. A.J. Brown, offensive player of the year, offensive MVP. And and I know Jalen Hurts is second in the real MVP odds. But A.J. Brown, to me, has been the biggest impact. Hassan Reddick has been the biggest impact defensively because of his pass rush. Yep. Bradbury's been tremendous. Kaiser White to a to a lesser degree. How is rolling all sevens? Maybe you can roll another and one. Don't, don't forget the, don't forget the gardener's getting a job done too. Yeah. yeah. You just said when he went out for a couple of plays, it was like, uh oh, we're in trouble. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the safety position is falling apart with Kayvon in there. How he has pushed all the right buttons. Just when like we did, push, yeah, we, he did that in 2017 too, right? That was the Midas yeah. touch in 2017. Yeah. Everything he touched turned to gold. And we're seeing that this year. So we'll see what, what golden PC brings in this week. We will uh, certainly have Ed Kratz back on to talk about it next week. Thank you, Ed. Uh, Thanks, feel Ed. free to uh, pimp McMullen and or Rhodes and or Martin Frank, whoever you need to. Just feel free to lambaste everybody in the yeah, uh, feel press box this That's week. what I'm here for, baby. That's I'm right. here to irritate. Ed Kratz, non-irritation for us here on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. Um, we'll uh, get Clark Judge up here in hour number two. Uh, great national writer, Hall of Fame voter, been around uh, and covering the league for decades. We've had Clark on the show before. I haven't had him for months. I just realized because I, when I book him, I look at when the last text was. Ooh, it's been months since we had Clark Judge on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to him with John McMullen. It's the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most 
Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Good to Mac here with you on Birds 365. Yes, the Eagles are back in action on Sunday after the bye week, which thank you, Phillies, for keeping us all entertained during a down week in the Eagles schedule. <laughs> They'll be back in action. Sunday's going to be a tough day. Uh, well, but the World Series doesn't start till 8.03 at night. So the Eagles, good thing they're playing. Yeah, those games game. are late. Ooh, I forgot. Yeah. It, yeah, 8.03 start time Eastern, which. They could have, and again, it all comes down to scheduling in advance. They set the dates for the World Series. They probably set the time for the World Series as well. There's no West Coast team. If there's a West Coast team, then you actually do have to do some balancing. There's not. It's an Eastern team and a Central Time Zone team. They could start this game at anywhere between 7 and 7.30 and just make it a little bit more doable on a, a Sunday night or whatever. They're going to uh, have the game during the week when the kids are in school. It is a little bit unfortunate. But the Eagles play Sunday at 1. John McMullen's favorite time to come yes. to the National Football League. Yes. Uh, the Steelers come into town. And, yeah, I didn't think the Steelers were going to be very good this year. But they've been really bad. Even Sunday night. And, you know, I'm a Tua guy. And Tua made a couple of nice passes. But Tua made some bad throws. There, there was rust on Tua. He did not play exceptionally well. Well, yeah. I mean, it. he hasn't played for a while. And. By the way, still hasn't been. Oh, it, 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 now that you brought up Tua, because you know, still hasn't been diagnosed with that second concussion, no matter how many people say it. Uh, I brought up uh, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown getting uh, tossed from the game because of the new rule, and he showed uh, uh, motor instability. No concussion. Hurt his, uh, hurt his foot, hurt his ankle, uh, little instability for a second. Uh, completely fine. Um, it's not the official's fault. He saw instability, sent him off the field, out, can't come back in the game. Dumb rule, overreaction, unintended consequence. Nobody cares. 
I get it. But if that happens in a big game, Jody, with a big player, oh, oh, wait till you see what's coming. Uh, since we're talking theoretical or hypothetical, let it be A.J. Brown here in an Eagle game when they're uh, still undefeated. And he gets up a little unstable uh, midway through the first quarter. And then he's sitting for uh, three and a half more quarters because he took a bad step after making a catch or having a pass defended against him. Oh, yeah. We're we're Birds 365. Yes, we talked a lot about Justin Fields in hour number one. We like to think we can talk about the entire National Football League. But this is Eagle country. And this where people are worried that the people that are listening right now are Eagle fans. It better not happen to the Eagles because they will scream bloody murder. Your yeah. point is dead on that it, it's an accident waiting to happen. It's not big a deal because, uh, yeah, good wide receiver on a bad team in a game that people weren't paying that much attention to. All right, well, maybe he's a Cowboy. So some people are paying attention to it. But uh, if it's a big game and an Eagle game specifically here in town, it's got a chance to uh, really yeah. uh, catch the attention uh, I of mean, the fans. You you can't develop policy based on social media reaction. You it, it it you know I wish I could shake somebody in the NFL office, use some common sense. These are independent neurologists. I mean, if somebody's got information that says that some independent neurologist from North Carolina, wherever the heck he was from, is trying to skew things. Uh, Miami's way and wants two on the field because he's bet on the game. That's the biggest scandal in the history of mankind. To my knowledge, that has not happened. He has not, he was never diagnosed with a concussion. Uh, the independent neurologist did nothing wrong and they changed the policy anyway because of what happened in the future, which nobody can judge. And it was a very scary scene, uh, but it had nothing to do with the first scene. People can't connect that, and certainly experts can't connect that. So you're down this wormhole, and it's going to be, Jody, it is going to be in a, a disaster at some point when it happens in a big game. Obviously, if it happens in Philadelphia, it'll affect us greater. But if it happens in the playoffs anywhere, and it's and that, that similar thing happens where, think about a quarterback, Um you know, if he's taken off the field, you, you go back to the playoff game against Seattle and Carson Wentz was concussed, legitimately concussed, called it one of the scariest moments of his life. And fans were upset that he took himself out of the game, that he took himself out of the game. If, if you have a non-diagnosed concussion and a quarterback leaves a game, oh boy, oh boy, because... You're telling the officials, and again, it wasn't the official's fault. He stumbled. He stumbled because he hurt his ankle or his right. foot or whatever. And he just saw the stumble. And he said, all right, you know, instability, get him off the field. And it's done. It's over. Here's the one place. I, your your argument and the, well, the way you laid it out uh, was perfect. Here's where I'll give the NFL a little more, cre more credit than I think you do. I really don't think they make these moves or have these reactions because of social media. I think it's a little bit more mainstream media. And if you want me to name names, I'll give you Peter King, 
I'll give you Shannon Sharp on Fox. I'll give you Michael Irvin on ESPN. I think they are very well aware what's being said about their game and how they're alleged to, how they're refereeing it from guys who they deem as respectable, move the needle with the NFL fan base type guys. I don't think because uh, Dominic Dabney, and I'm just reading the name off our stream here, I uh, said the NFL is a joke. How no, can fair enough. The fair enough. You're right. But I should, you're, you're right, of course, you know. I don't mean at, you know, goofball976 on Twitter. Um, but I think they have a great effect. I, I know, you know, you're you're right about Peter King and his reputation. I don't know what word you want to use. If you want to use progressive, if you want to use liberal, if you want to use whatever, whatever word you feel more comfortable with. That's Peter. Good or bad, that's Peter. Uh, and, and I do think, you know, people in my industry are affected a lot by social media. So maybe it's a step away. Maybe you're right. But the NFL has to realize this. Look, this is a very dangerous sport. Um, everybody knows it. Um, everybody signs off to play it. I've said this from this, uh, this because it's a very difficult subject. And it's a very new science, and there's still not a lot of information, and people won't admit that. And instead of tackling that uh, head on and trying to educate people, the NFL is just trying to shield, as they usually do, shield used uh, uh, facetiously a little bit, um, and and just try to hide and, and, and take the easiest route. It's difficult to educate people. It's very, very difficult. But if an independent neurologist, you're going through all these hoops and you've done all this, and he says, look, there's no concussion here by the available evidence, you got to stand by that guy. And the NFLPA as well, by the way, because they're part yeah, of this, they, a big part not, of this. Not only did they not buy what you said, and they yeah. turned around and fired his rear end. Yeah, exactly. Because why? Because it's easier. It's easier. Um, education is harder. Um, so you're right. I, you know, I probably didn't phrase it correctly, but I do think social media has a huge impact on people in, a, in my industry, in your industry. Um, some more than others, to be honest, but it, it, it has this wave that can turn people in certain directions and then it becomes a, unintended consequence which is what we have here and we've already seen it it's it's two weeks old we've already seen it we've already seen the impact of not allowing the experts to do their jobs because you can send Amon uh, Amon St. Brown off the field no issue send him off the field then let the doctors do their work and they could say no he hurt his he he, he hurt his ankle he hurt his foot there's no, we did the impact uh, testing. There's no concussion. Clear them, get them back on the field. You can no longer do that. Right. And that was common sense. So common sense does not win the day. There, there's got to be a, a middle ground position here. The NFL hasn't figured out just yet. And shame on them. I'm with you. Overreaction, lose a guy for an entire game. Actually, absolutely can almost dictate the outcome of the game depending on the magnitude of the player.
but they don't <laughs> want to face the the wrath of yeah i would say media over social media if it, they have another two type situation they're they're managing their game scared, which I don't think you can do uh, in the National Football League, and you shouldn't be doing in a physical game. Everybody knows ahead of time it's a physical game, and guys are going to take shots. If not, uh, then then go play flag football. But if you still have tackling and wear helmets, stuff's going to happen, and you got to be able to deal with it and roll with it. All right, uh, before we get uh, Clark Judge up here, with the Steelers coming to town, they will not go into tank mode for one very specific reason. They never do. No. Uh, they, we've, we've seen Carolina trade off their best player. Would not be surprised if other teams follow suit this week and just say, yeah, we're not making the playoffs this year. We're going to get draft assets and the like. You don't think Pittsburgh's going to go down that road if the Eagles clean their clock come Sunday. You don't think on Monday the Steelers will be moving off any of their players, do you? You mentioned Claypool earlier. Do you really think there's anything to that? Yeah, I do. But I think that's more of, uh, you know, kind of been a horse's uh, you-know-what at times than, you know, very talented player. Um, and I don't, you know, Ed brought up they should have drafted Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, I don't think they're disappointed in Chase Claypool's talent. I think they're disappointed in maybe some of the other things. But, um so you can always trade guys uh, from that standpoint. I Look, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, doesn't want to have a losing season. No, I can't see them going fire sale, even if they get blitzed by the Eagles. What, what they are going to do, evidently, is allow Kenny Pickett to go through the growing pains. And maybe that helps down the road, uh, you know, if they evaluate it correctly. Um, a little surprised they're going to him this early. Um, you know, everybody's still in it because there's so few good teams. If you're not in the NFC East or the AFC That's East. That's true in that division. Yeah, you're still in it. Um, everybody in the entire league, except for two divisions. Um, so, no, I don't think there's going to be any kind of fire sale. Um I don't even know why there's a fire sale in Carolina because they're in it. <laughs> you know, PJ Walker's giving them some life. Our old temple friend, uh, you know, tongue in cheek a little bit. They're not going to win anything, but uh, you know, they were trying and even there, they're not, they're not trying to trade Brian Burns. If you want to give them two first round picks and give them the King's ransom, they might consider it because they know they're not ready to win. Um, but in the case of McCaffrey, he's an injury prone player who makes a lot of money. Um, and they're, you know, that, that makes sense. Uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, he, you, you know, Robbie's one of those guys that people fall in love with cause he can run, but he's just not that good of a receiver. Um, they're, they're you know, the Jeremy chins of the world who I think is still on IR, the Brian Burns of the world, you still got to build with certain players. I mean, even teams that are not ready, they still got to build. Did I ever tell you my PJ Walker story per my daughter? I do. I I don't believe so. She's a, a communications major at Temple, and she's in the same class as the Temple quarterback. 
and they got broken off into groups to do a group project. So I think it was five in a group. They had 20 people in the class. So four groups of five people apiece. And Maddie uh, gets assigned to be in uh, Walker's group. Uh, but someone else was the group leader. So she was giving out the responsibilities. She gave Maddie hers and the next person. And then gave out the responsibilities to Philip. And no one knew who Philip was. But the girl who knows nothing about football, who's running the group, is just going down a list of names. Here. Philip. And Philip, yeah. we need you to do this. And everyone's like, look, who's Philip? <laughs> who the hell is Philip? Oh, you're talking about PJ, the quarterback. The, the, the girl who was leading the group had no idea who PJ Walker was. He was just Philip on a sheet of paper. And when my daughter told me that story uh, years ago, I laughed out loud. So, yes, I will be rooting for Philip Walker, the newest quarterback of the uh, Carolina Panthers, just because he's a Temple guy. And uh, he won last week. He got the better of a, a guy we know full yeah. well. How about that? The fact that he can always, you know, uh, PJ is going to be telling that story to his uh, grandchildren one day. You can guarantee that. Uh, that's a pretty big win. Uh for, for a young quarterback. Ed Kratz forgot that that Brady guy was a Big Ten quarterback. So. <laughs> well, you know, he lost his job, which tells you about college football. He lost his job at Michigan to Brian Greasy at one point. So, no, you know. Here's, here's what makes uh, – I think you were with me on this, but uh, you don't want to uh, chop your guy Ed off at the knees. Where they played college no, football I mean, is irrelevant. irrelevant. Joe Burrow it. couldn't make it in the Big Ten, but he goes to the SEC and wins a Heisman. The, Josh Allen played at Wyoming. which can't get or develop quarterbacks, couldn't develop Joe Burrow, but he goes to the SEC and has one of the greatest collegiate years yeah. uh, in, ever in the history of the National Football League. Again, where a guy played, what conference he was never, in. and that's what literally day one of scouting school never scout the helmet. Trust me, Wyoming doesn't have a history of great quarterbacks, and then Josh Allen comes along. Yeah, um, yeah, give you me know, the previous Wyoming standout quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Oh, shoot, can't draft, can't draft Josh Allen because there's never been a Wyoming quarterback yeah. before. Carson Wentz at North Dakota State, you know, uh, becoming the now oh, people many, saying that. John, how many times did I have to field calls on? Oh, you know, Joe Burrow's at LSU, and LSU is not developed a quarterback. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're gonna pass on that guy. Yeah. Four hundred and how many yards this week? Four eighty-one for Burrow. But there yeah. were people that all those and, like, and, LSU's and, never developed. The, the, what's uh, us? Oh God, why can't I think of a kid who went number one? The LSU, big kid. Uh, Jamarcus uh, Russell. Jamarcus Russell. What a bust he was. Therefore, you can't take Joe Burrow because Jamarcus Russell was Jamarcus Russell. That's yeah. one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life. No, I'm with you. And I, I even with, uh, like I say it all the time, even with uh, David Carr and Derek Carr, David Carr hurt Derek Carr. Hurt Derek Carr. It, you know, it's dumb. It, 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 it's very dumb. Right. Right. You got to evaluate the individual. All right. Uh, we will evaluate Clark Judge from Talk of Fame Network is uh, scheduled to join us next. We've had Clark on the show a couple times. Always good whenever he hops aboard. We're looking to punch him up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on 
Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365, and we have an esteemed guest to join the program. Um, one of the best NFL writers over the last couple of decades, doing it these days for Talk of Fame Network, uh, Mr. Clark Judge. Here's why I want to start today, Clark, because I know you, like John and myself, maybe you and me more than John, but he's he's no spring chicken either. Um, <laughs> did the Dolphins throw down the challenge gauntlet? By doing the undefeated celebration thing on Sunday night football, because the Eagles are going to be favored. Their, their last 11 games, they're probably going to be favored every single game at 6-0. and Has the challenge been put forth by the Dolphins for the Eagles to be able to go 17-0? and Oh, yes and no. I mean, they do it every year. And so I, I don't know that it was done for the Eagles' benefit. But I agree with you. They are going to be 
favorite in virtually, I think, every game down the stretch. And you don't see them face a team with a winning record until December 4th, right? And that's Tennessee. Yeah. They're better than yeah. Tennessee. They are better than Tennessee. But, um, you know, Jody, you know what happens. This is a long, grueling season. Who knows what happens with injuries? Uh, the Lane Johnson concussion concerns me some. At, at some point, someone will catch him. But, um, no, I don't think that was done for the Eagles' benefit. I okay. think it was done more for the Dolphins' fans. Yeah, they Agreed. do it. Yeah, they do it every year. But, it, yeah. you know, my interesting thing, you know, obviously we're Philadelphia-centric here, Clark. So, you know, one of the knocks on the Eagles is, well, who have they beaten? Well, mm-hmm. you can't beat anybody because there's three good teams. There's the Eagles in the NFC, there's the Bills, and there's Kansas City in the AFC. This is Pete Rozelle's dream, man. This is – this is parody. I look it, at, you know, why is Carolina fire sale? Everybody is a game out of first place, except in the NFC East and 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 the AFC East, where you have the good teams that bubble to the top. It's amazing. It, you know, it, I'm glad you brought that up, John, because my question is: I think you're absolutely right. Roselle wanted parody. Is it parody or is it mediocrity? And I'd say it's a little bit of both. And I both, think there's a yeah. lot of mediocrity. You know, when Tom Brady said earlier this year, I see a lot of bad football out there. Well, he should. He's playing some of it. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. It's You look at Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. They're not playing well. You look at what happened last night with New England and Chicago. I mean, Chicago's not a very good team. Well, New England was a very good team last night either. So my question has always been, okay, we talk about Philadelphia and the NFC. Who's the second best team out there? And I, I got to believe at this point, it's probably Dallas. Yeah. Well, you've already, the Eagles have already beaten yeah. Dallas. Is it that yeah. the Giants, and as much as I want to buy into the Giants, and they're playing well, but they've had to come from behind every game. I, I have a tough time just because I'm not a Daniel Jones fan. He's playing much better this year, but even the, the Giants weren't sold on. They didn't pick up that fifth-year option. But Saquon Barkley is playing out of his mind, and they're, they're so revolved around or invested in, in him. They're playing well. But I look at the Eagles, and they've got everything covered, every every place around the board. You go offense, defense, special teams, and they, they seem to have all their bases covered. And, and the second-best team, I think, I always thought before last weekend, it's going to be San Francisco, not because of the McCaffrey deal, because of their yeah. defense. And then you look at that defense last weekend. It got shredded by Kansas City. Yeah, Mahomes took them apart. Uh, let me ask you about the team with the second-best record in the NFC right now, and that would be the big blue Giants. Yeah, I thought they they painted themselves into a quarter. I know it wasn't the the current administration that did so, and they had to let James Bradbury walk, who I was pumping up for the Eagles to sign while he was still a giant, just because you knew it was coming that they were going to have to do it just to get cap room to be able to sign their draft picks. So I thought that was a major loss. I've always loved Martinez, the middle linebacker, one of the tackling machines in the National Football League. They decided to move away from him. I'm going, man, this giant uh, Thibodeau better be the best player on the planet. Otherwise, this giant defense is not going to be any good. Oh, yeah, they are. Week in, week out, they get stops when they need to to be able to give the, the offense a chance to come from behind. Is that all just Wink Martindale? Uh, no, it's more than that. But before I get there, I, I didn't realize that um, I, I thought I was going to vote for Howie Roseman as executive of the year. But, Jody, I didn't realize I should vote for you because you were the guy that recommended yeah. that they pick up Bradford is at the corner. Well, um, John will but, tell you, while he was still on the Giants, I was going, <laughs> CB2 for the Eagles behind Darius Slay. I'm telling you, James Bradbury's going to be released. You got my right-in vote. Um, no, it's not all Wink Martindale, but it is a new coaching staff. And Brian Dable has really changed things there. And I don't like this. 
this cliched phrase, but changing the culture. But I think it's appropriate here, and it was appropriate from the very first game. If you watch their game down in Tennessee, they were in it, and they were in it at the end. And I thought they'll find a way to lose because that's who they are. And Daniel Jones had turned the ball over. That's who they are. But Saquon Barkley had a breakout game then, and that you figured, okay, well, he'll get hurt. And no, he didn't. And, and then they score to come within one point. They're going to kick the extra point, and they're going to go to overtime. And he goes, no, 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 we're not. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going for two. And I, I immediately said to my wife, who's a lifelong Giants fan, I don't care whether they, they get it or not. This is a great decision because he's telling the players right from the get-go, I believe in you guys. I saw it with Sean Payton in 2006 with New Orleans. He did that a lot. And I thought the players really picked up on This guy believes it. He's, he's behind us 100%. And, and if you've got the players, it works. And, and right now, it's working because I think those guys say, listen, we're not as bad as we were a year ago. We may not be as good as 6-1, and one, but we're there. I mean, we're coming from behind. We're winning. And, and it's become a cohesive unit. But I go straight to the head coach who obviously picks his own staff. Yeah, Wink Martindale's made some uh, changes uh, <clears throat> yeah. there. But, but um, you watch them now, and, and it's a little bit of both because the defense is, is getting more time on the bench simply because the offense is better because of Saquon Barkley. They're running the ball effectively. They're getting first downs when they need to. Uh, they're moving the chains. They're doing everything needed. To sort of give those guys on the other side of the line of scrimmage a break. They're a good team. They're not a great team. I don't know if there are any great teams out there. Buffalo's probably pretty close, but um, again, you know, we'll see what happens down the stretch. I mean, they lose Josh Allen, boom, it's gone. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. But um, I, 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 I think they're a fun team to watch, whereas in the past, they weren't just bad, they were boring, and that's a bad combination. Yeah, that is a bad combination. You know, one thing I like about Brian Dable as well, Clark, and I don't know if you saw this. I'll give credit to Dan Orlovsky and Mike Kapka as well. Or yeah, friend, right. uh, Former Eagles, support. yeah. yeah. Um, they ran the same play eight straight times against the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Just a, a, a lead, you know, pulling the guard, lead power football, uh, running the football. Eight straight times. Jimmy Johnson kind of tint. Just, hey. Stop it. And if you stop it, I'll do something else. But until you stop it, I'm not going to do something else. I love that. You know, some people might call it simple, but I think it makes sense. There's common sense. And to your culture point, saw that here with Doug Peterson. You know, he was at the forefront of the fourth down and the Eagles bought in, man. And, And you talk about that Super Bowl, the biggest play that people forget about. Fourth and one minus... 50 so they're on their side of the field but they kind of knew that this was a shootout and if they gave up the football they were in trouble they got the conversion to uh Zach Ertz and I remember talking to Frank after that game Clark Frank Bright and he said Doug is a freaking superstar Frank doesn't curse so he used the term uh freaking I think he used but um (laughs) Doug is a superstar see the same thing with Nick Sirianni I don't like that term culture as well, but it's real. I think it's real yeah. in a in a sense of guys buy in with certain right. coaches. Right. No, you're right, John. And it, I I saw it in the Giants locker room when Coughlin was there because there was sort of a rebellion against him when he first got there. Um, you know, if you got to a two o'clock meeting at two o'clock, you were fined. Yeah. And they're saying, what, what are you talking about? Get fined. <laughs> I mean, I'm there on time. No, you get here five to ten minutes early. You're on Tom Coughlin time. And, and so there was sort of a rebellion. It wasn't working. And if you remember, they came to the last game of the 2006 season. And in New York, 
Coughlin's job was on the line. They had to win at Washington, and Tiki Barber saved his job. He ran for over 200 yards, scored, I think, two or three touchdowns. And, and they got in the playoffs, I think, with an 8-8 record, and I think they went to Philadelphia that year and, and lost. But the next year, of course, the guys who wanted him fired now want to put him up for Football Hall of Fame because they win the Super Bowl the next year. But there's something to that. And, and I saw it then because, and, and I'll never forget, it was the 2011 season, so Coffin had been there for a while. And you could see in the locker room, there was a feeling of, don't worry, we, we got this thing covered. We, no problem. We, everything's, everything's good. And, um, and I, I, I remember saying to somebody, they're going to run the table again. And he said, they're not that good. I went, I don't care. You go into that locker room. They know they're going to make the plays to win. And they went out to San Francisco. And that was, to me, the best game that Eli Manning ever played. I mean, he got the crap beaten out of him in that game. He kept bouncing up, throwing, throwing, throwing. And, and they won, won the game, beat a good San Francisco team. And so um, you just knew something was going on there. But they had, again, you know, here we go, bought in by that time. Oh, you know, Coughlin had been a, a hard ass at, at one point. Now he's kind of the guy that they love playing for. Because they, they, they knew the whole system. They realized it works. It actually works. You got to be careful, though, with some of those fourth downs. I agree with you. Like yeah. when you're talking about the Doug Peterson. I remember that Doug Peterson call in the Super Bowl because I thought, that's gutsy. But I think he's right. Um but you got to be careful. And the flip side is Brandon Staley in, in L.A. I come yeah, to charge this yeah. year, and, yeah, and he's just, holding yeah. that team back. I mean, yeah. injuries and he are holding that team back. There's one thing to be aggressive. There's another to be reckless, and he's reckless. Here's the reason why I'm with both you guys on the culture thing. How many times when coaches have jumped into a new position have we not heard and change of culture? Yeah. Every play. Every, play. <laughs> Every yeah. time there's a yeah. coaching change. Or we're yeah. going to change the culture. And the difference is going to be our culture. You watch how much the culture makes a difference. with the, Everybody says it. Not everybody wins. Yeah, so that's it right. is Dan vastly overstated. That's why it bothers all three of us. Yeah, Dan Campbell said that in Detroit. Look where they are. I mean, that's yeah. a team that needs a, a, a reshuffling from the, the top on down. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it changes. Change is good, right? That's what we always say. Change is good until it's not. And I recall yeah. once I was, I was in San Diego and someone was talking about new coaching staff. How much better it is. And I said, how do you know? They haven't played a game. Yeah, they're I'm different. Right. What they're doing. They haven't played a game. Then training yeah. camp, yeah, they're doing things differently. Let's wait to see what happens. But um, what's going on in Philadelphia is somewhat remarkable to me because um, they're just, as I said, they've got all their bases covered. And I was on this program with you guys not that long ago questioning the quarterback. You know, Jalen Hurts yeah. questioning the we quarterback. All were. We uh, all um, were. And, and I didn't know whether you had a keeper there or not. I really didn't know. And I thought about defensive shortcomings, if they cover their bases, the the corners are playing well. Um, They're they're just doing everything. um, And and, and they're not turning the ball over. I mean, and everything is is, not turning the ball over, getting takeaways. A quarterback solid, the running game solid. uh, They've got the wide receivers. I mean, it's just look at it and think, that's a team that's built for a Super Bowl run. I'm not saying they're going there. But that's a team built for a Super Bowl run. Again, the Lane Johnson situation does concern me because three concussions in my mind is kind of, that's the one where you go, uh uh-oh, you know, beware. I I covered a quarterback uh, for many years out in San Francisco who had a a litany of them, Steve Young, and and eventually drove him from the game. And and I remember talking to him then about that, and and he, he was just saying, you know, at some point you need to think about life after football and he loves football he just loves football he says the most the happiest i've ever been when i'm in a huddle 
But at some point, you got to let go. And I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2000, they did say, you can find another place. And Mike Shannon said, come here to Denver. Or you'll start you tomorrow. And he said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping away from it. Same thing with Troy Aikman. When he left Dallas, yeah. uh, Norv Turner yeah. was in San Diego and said, come over here. You'll start. He goes, no, I can't. I'm not doing it. Yeah, in a different way, we're seeing what's going on with uh, Indianapolis again, moving off Matt Ryan ever since Andrew Luck's surprise retirement. Now, he had a litany of uh, physical issues and right. uh, more than uh, obviously just concussions or, or, or head trauma. But um, anytime guys walk away and they're big time players like that, it always uh, – can deeply affect the team. So I hear what you're saying on Lane Johnson. I want to go back to the quarterbacks, Clark, because yep. you mentioned, I I think we all, we, we didn't know Jalen Hurts before the season started. There was hope that, you know, everybody talks about his work ethic, the intangibles, the leadership, the Eagles constantly say behind the scenes, I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's going to reach it because he's that kind of guy who's just going to keep working and working and working. Do we turn the page on young quarterbacks too quickly. And we saw Justin Fields in Chicago. People were trying to turn the page. All of a sudden, he's got some talent if you can tap into it. Um, it does the league move on too quickly from young quarterbacks in, in today's environment? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, Justin Fields, I'm not sold on Justin Fields. He, he no, I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, but there's a lot of people. I'm not – you shouldn't be sold on him. I'm saying – do they pull the plug too quickly on these guys? No, I don't think get... so. No, I don't think so. And I think that's why Indianapolis is saying they're going to they're going to stick with this kid you know, for the rest of the season. You have to know when you roll out these guys out there, they're going to play. And that's the thing in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, Kenny Pickett out there, he's going to play. I, I, I don't and unless he gets hurt. And of course, he suffered a concussion was in concussion protocol. But unless you get hurt, you're out there and you take your lumps. And again, I go back to oh, just a litany of guys. But, you know, Eli Manning, when they rolled him out, Kurt Warner was five and four that year. Yeah. And they put Eli Manning yeah. out. Eli Manning was awful. He goes into Baltimore and he put up a Blutarski, 0.00. That was his passer rating. But they stuck with him. He won the last game of the season. And we know what happened there. I was uh, covering John Elway out in San Diego when he lined up behind guard his rookie year. And then had, they had to push him up. And, and that's a true story. And, and they yeah. had Steve DeBerg to rescue him. Yeah. But he stayed in the line. I don't think that's the case. I mean, certainly those are, that's a long time ago. But keep in mind, remember what San Diego, and I'm talking about the Chargers, and I'm not talking about the L.A. Chargers. I'm talking about the San Diego Chargers. What they did with um, their quarterback position in 2005. Their quarterback was Drew Brees. Remember that? And then yeah, they drafted Eli yeah. Manning, traded Eli for Philip Rivers, and Rivers is going to be the starter. But that was Brees' fourth year, and that's when Drew Brees became Drew Brees, and suddenly Rivers was nailed to the bench. They stuck with him for that period of time. I remember being in Philadelphia not that long afterwards and talking to Andy Reid about quarterbacks, and he said, I generally think by the third year, you got to have it. I mean, if you don't have it, you probably move on. I think that was the feeling there. But here, with some of these young QBs, I mean, what, what, what is going on in Indianapolis to me is very positive because I'll be honest with you guys, I don't know if you've seen Matt Ryan lately, but I always thought he holds onto the ball too long. He's a quarterback I, I've seen before who's declining, descending, and, and just doesn't have any more. They hold on to it. They hold on. They yeah. take the sack. And, um, and so uh, with these other guys, I mean, I, I don't know who you would use it as a textbook example of, of you know, giving up on him too soon but to me like i mentioned uh, justin fields the beginning and so did you john that uh the, the questions 
were, are valid. You know, you see him one week, he looks pretty good. He's a good running quarterback. Let's see him when they're behind 21 to three. Let's see him when they're behind 21 10. Like, can he get him back throwing the ball? And I don't know, is he Bobby Douglas or is he more than that? And, and I don't know the answer to that. But um, to me, we, we give a lot of these young guys latitude until we don't. And, and I, I think there is a um, uh, short attention span with everything in general today, everything. We want it overnight, overnight. But with quarterbacks, I don't think it's any different really than it has been for numbers of years. But let me ask you about a young gun who's certainly going to get all the latitude he needs, but I have a fear on him, and that's Joe Cool in Cincinnati. Burrow goes for what, 481 this past week? But, but, there's a but here. Talk about holding on to the ball too long. I know Cincinnati's line was switched G's last year. They put assets into it. They improved the offensive line. And he's still taking a lot of sacks. Now, he didn't this past week when he threw for 481. But a couple of times, I just get it out. Get it out, Joe. Get it out. And he has such confidence and such cockiness. He thinks he can hold on to the ball every time for six seconds. And, yeah, sometimes he gets it out and he throws a touchdown. And sometimes he just gets absolutely uh, pile-driven into the ground. You see the same thing with me that maybe, but we know the talent's there, but maybe he's a little too confident in himself and his teammates. Yeah, I don't know if that's possible, but maybe. I mean, I love watching him play. He's a special quarterback. But, um, you know, I I look at Joe Burrow, and you're right. They brought in uh, numbers of offensive linemen. In fact, four of those five guys, I think, are going to have the starting offensive line. And that was going to be the the deal. We're going to protect this guy because he's our franchise player. And the first game, he gets sacked, what, seven times. Second game, six times. You go, oh, my gosh. But what do we know about offensive lines? It takes them a while to kind of get together as a unit, very different than anything else. It's five guys playing together. Look at those last five games. He's been sacked 11 times. Does he hold on a little bit too long? Yeah, probably. He's got such great confidence in his arm, and you can see why yep. when you watch him play. But yeah, he's a he's a special guy. And I think going back to John's question, it's people like Mahomes, Allen. Now, Josh Allen, John, remember, it, it took him really oh, yeah. kind of three yeah. years. I mean, in the second year, I remember talking to a Buffalo station and said, I don't know about this guy. He misses yeah. a lot of throws. Yeah. But um, but the success of some of these young guys, unparalleled success, Burrow, um, Allen a little bit late, but Mahomes, it spoils us. Then Roethlisberger, when he first came, what is it spoils us? We think, oh, it's, it's overnight sensations. But sometimes it takes a while, and Josh Allen has taken a while. I look at him now and think, my goodness, I mean, he is just electric. He's fun to watch. And some of those throws, oh, my goodness. But, but in answer to your question, Jody, yeah, he probably does in some of the cases. But to trust his arm so much, he's not hitting, getting hit as much, which is a great thing for Cincinnati and for Joe Burrow. And you look at those last five games, they've won four of them. That, to me, is a team that's now entered the picture with Kansas City and Buffalo. I mean, not just because they were the defending AFC champion, but those three teams really keep my eye on as we start turning the page to the second half of the season. As I said, the NFC, it's Philadelphia and a cast of thousands. Yeah, um, and 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 to your point, uh, when, when, when you talk about – and I saw your judgment – column by the way which i love uh clark and you know there's two guys at the top still i think when you talk to people around the league that aren't performing like we typically expect and that's tom brady and aaron Rodgers. right so your judgment through seven weeks 
on on those two guys and what the heck is going on. Because anytime I see, we always talk about Tom at 45 and father time and at some point. But Aaron Rodgers, man, he used to elevate people and all of a sudden they're struggling in, in, in Tampa Bay, uh, excuse me, Green Bay. Is it just the offensive lines? Is it something else? No, it's something else. I think um, hard to put your finger on it, but not so much with Brady's case. To me, I, I, I don't know this. No one may ever know it, but I do think the personal situation has had an yeah. impact on him. Yeah. He looks disinterested to me at times. And I thought what Roethlisberger said a couple of weeks ago about his demeanor during the Steelers game, I'm talking about Brady's demeanor, was right. Doesn't look like he's that into it. And he doesn't. And Brady was a you know, gung-ho guy. And I, I think whatever's going on there, and we certainly have read all the stories, is it's got to have an impact. It's got kids, got a wife, got a family. It's got to have an impact. Um, but that said, they don't have any real speed on the outside. He misses Gronk. That was his go-to guy. Um, they're not running the ball well at all. I mean, they had, a, they had a third and one last week, gave it to Fournette, got nothing. Fourth and one, gave it to Fournette, got nothing. That That's just not like th- those teams. Brady sneaks for the first down. They, and and the, the change in the head coach seems to have had an impact there, too, um, for whatever reason. I mean, listen, I think Todd Bowles is a great um, defense coordinator. But, um, you know, the jury's out on him as a head coach. He did a nice job one year in, in the Jets. But um, because it's the Jets, we give him some latitude there. What's happening here in Tampa just doesn't make sense. And Brady, three points? Are you kidding me? Tom Brady against, against yeah. Carolina? I mean, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. The same By the same token, you, you look at <laughs> Green Bay. I mean, losing Washington? Are you kidding me? You lose to the Jets? Oh, the giant? What's going on here? Yeah. But the same thing. Rodgers looks somewhat disinterested. I don't know what the heck's going on there, except – the obvious thing is he lost an all-pro receiver, one of the best in the game, and they don't seem to have anyone on the outside who fills the void. And and he now looks like he's not that confident. And, and, and yeah, offensive line is an is a issue in both cases. I think more so in Green Bay. Rodgers doesn't look like he has confidence in the outside receivers, and he doesn't look like he has confidence in offensive line either. And so he's, he's hesitating. And then there was a throw last week, and I think it was pointed out on one of the shows I was watching. He had, uh, I think it was Sammy Watkins, deep. It was wide open. And he hesitated, and he threw it on a check down. as an incomplete pass. He went, what are you doing? That's the, the receiver you hit all the time. That was Devontae Adams. He's not there anymore. Yeah, that's very true. And I'll say this about uh, Green Bay losing. When they lost to the Giants, how do you lose to the Giants? Neutral yeah. field. Oh, and then the Giants win two straight games. How do you lose to the Jets? Well, the Jets weren't as bad as everybody thought. And then they go and beat Denver the next week. So their losses against teams that we thought they had no business losing to might not have been as bad as we thought. So I want to ask you about those J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They're 5-2. and two. They got crushed on Sunday with two major injuries. They lose their star rookie running back. They lose their second year. One of the best young guards in the NFL, Elijah Barry Tucker. They can't keep this up, can they? Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, no, um, they, look, and it hurts it. me. It hurts me to say that that mm-hmm. I don't think well, they can keep it up. The pickup of Robinson, I think, was smart because losing Hall was a huge blow to them. But uh, getting Robinson should mitigate that some. He's a good player. Uh, he, he doesn't have the upside that a guy like Hall does. I mean, Hall was uh, you saw that touchdown run last week. But um, the, the problem there for me is again, if they fall behind. Is Zach Wilson the guy that's going to put you out there? And, and they've been running the ball. The identity that with that team was Brees Hall. That was the identity. Give him the ball. Run, run, run. And, and, and not, not so much unlike 
what's going on with Philadelphia, except you don't have Jalen Hurts. So you've got a young quarterback who, who doesn't run as effectively and really doesn't run that much. But um, I just don't know about him. And, and I'm really, you know, I, I don't trust him. I, and it's the same thing with the Giants. I don't trust Daniel Jones, but I'm, I'm trusting him more. With, with Zach Wilson, me, the jury's out. So where they are is they built that team around their head coach, Robert Saleh. I mean, the, the head coach is a defensive guy in San Francisco, aggressive, physical defenses. That's who they are. The GM is really, he's making the right, he, he's making the, the right choice of Hall, Gardner. They're, they're getting good draft picks. They're getting good young talent. Defensively, that's a, that's a team that's going to give it trouble. They're going to give, them, give, give you headaches. And you saw what they've done recently. Um, but um, offensively, they're going to take a little step back here, and, and, and more is going to be on the quarterback's shoulders. I don't know they can handle it. I, I don't know that. And the other reason, Jody, I said not so sure is because you're playing in the same division <laughs> with the, the, the Buffalo Bills. I would say the New England Patriots, but who knows? Miami's better than people think. And, and so that's going to be a tough road within that division for a team like the Jets. Uh, I think it's great for, for football, for the NFL that both New York teams are back on the map. I think you need that. Like I always said years ago, you need the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. You need them to be good because you need people to really dislike them. You have a great Raider <laughs> Nation following out there. But now you, you, you've, you've got that with the two New York teams. That's good for, that's good for the NFL. Yeah, it, it has been a while for New York football. Uh, and that's where I'll end it at Clark Judge, uh, T-O-F, last one from me, Clark. Um with the Eagles, with obviously the only unbeaten. Then you have the Giants. We've talked about Minnesota's five and one. Yeah, I don't believe in Minnesota or the Giants. We talked about the Giants. Um, somebody's got to come up and be the second best team. We kind Dallas. of alluded to Dallas, Dallas. San Francisco. Um, Dallas, yeah, Dallas. Is should San we? Am I wrong though with Minnesota? and 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 the giants i i don't know about the giants i think you're wrong with minnesota for one reason kirk cousins when's he won a big game i thought he was about to launch himself about three years ago when they beat new orleans down there remember in a playoff game and i thought finally 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 he's 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 launched himself to to the next level so now it's not a playoff game you need to win you need to win a conference championship game and then a super bowl that hasn't happened with him and his you know his passer ratings down that i don't care about pass rating but they're they're playing well i i don't trust him in big games i just don't i think yeah. he's got put the big numbers so <laughs> it doesn't win big games and then for the same reason daniel jones i mean when's he won a big game they haven't won anything in new york it's a great story it's a great story but um i want to see them play against the eagles and you know if they win or if they play them close or they play them tough okay now we've got somebody who can can push them to me right now it's it's dallas and and i still believe in San Francisco, maybe because I covered them, but I just think that they're going to come back at some point. Garoppolo is not playing very well right now, but I don't blame him so much as I do the organization. He, he didn't take one snap in training camp guys because yeah. they were going to move him. He didn't take one. They kept him apart from the team. He hasn't had a training camp. So people saying he's holding him back. Sure he is. Cause they held him back. What do we know about Garoppolo? He wins and he wins. He can win big games. And, um, uh, that defense is physical and aggressive. So I, I think they'll be the team to emerge out of the West. So my my guess at this point, John, would be would be Dallas and San Francisco. Dallas, again, defense is playing really well. You get the quarterback back. 
you're running the ball effectively. And I'll throw something out to you guys. It just seems to me we're kind of going back to old school football in some of these towns. Philadelphia being exhibit A, the Bears last night being exhibit B, run the ball and play defense. That's the way it used to be until you had guys like, you know, Mahomes and, and yeah. you know, um, uh, Manning and, and I'm talking about Peyton, um, throwing the ball all over the place and Josh Allen. But in some of these places, they're winning by running the ball effectively. San Francisco runs more than they pass. San Francisco does. And maybe your listeners would say, well, it's because they have Garoppolo. Garoppolo's a decent quarterback. And when he, when he has to dial it up, he can. But right now, he's not. And he's not playing well. And that team's not playing well. Long season. They will come back. Now that they got Christian McCaffrey, they're definitely going to be running it more than they throw it. Yeah, because sure. And, but, but the thing about McCaffrey, Jody – thing about uh, McCaffrey is he's perfect for that organization yeah, the way it's perfect. been built it was Roger Craig in the late 80s Ricky Waters in the early 90s as I said I covered that team when those are the guys catching the ball out of the backfield they ran effectively but they were as effective catching the ball out of the backfield that's McCaffrey and then Ricky Waters came to Philadelphia and said for who for what after he caught all those balls in <laughs> San right. Francisco for all those years that's right. Well, right. right, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board with us. Uh, when can, when is the newest episode of, I, of the I Test for Two podcast drop? How can the people get it when they want it? Oh, sure. They can look at the I Test for Two.com uh, website or they can go full press.com, uh, full press um, coverage, coverage, right? Full, full yeah, full press coverage.com. Got Sal Powell um, on there. Our buddy yeah, that's Sal. right. We had Sal last week talking about the Eagles. But um, we generally do our shows on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. It depends on when we're getting the guests. But um, then I put it on Twitter, and I guess that's uh, that's where John saw it. But uh, I appreciate you plugging that. Uh, I should have. I'm, I'm one of these days. It, it's supposed to be this week. Going to be back on SI.com, but um, we're, we're putting that uh, site back together. So I, I would hope to be back there again. Uh, thanks for asking. And I have a question for you guys before I sign off. Shoot. What's bigger in Philadelphia now, the Phillies or the Eagles? Um, this week, the Phillies. But yeah, for I this quit. very short window, the Phillies. But uh, 10 minutes after it's over, win or lose, it's right back to the Eagles. Yeah, okay, good. Very, oh. very much. Thanks, so. guys. Thanks for having me on here. Clark, it was a thank pleasure. You. That's Clark Judge Thanks, Clark. Uh, from uh, host and writer for Talk of Fame Network podcast. I test for two is something you should be checking out as well. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. Running out of time. We got to put a ball on the show. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. 
Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. show today i love having clark judge on he's clark's just, awesome awesome he, he's got a good grasp of the national football league heads for years and he, he i think he does a very good job of explaining it and you can debate with him a little bit too which is a lot of fun so we definitely he already texted me during the break so it's, i love coming on with you guys i said we'll get you back on again before the playoffs for your night buddy we will tap into your expertise all right uh, tomorrow we got uh mike gill joining us and who am I forgetting? Uh, uh, you, uh, you're better with the uh, cataloging than me. I know. But we do and have shame a, on uh, me. I can't. We got somebody for. Oh, Kemsky's on tomorrow. Oh, Jimmy Kemsky. Yeah. Jimmy I K Jimmy. will be here tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Jimmy's going to be early. Mike's going to be late. Uh, Jimmy was the one who brought up Rodney McLeod. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. And uh, I told Jimmy we need to get him on because uh, trade week is always lead up to uh, what are you going to get back if you lose more free agents, the compensatory picks. Uh, Kemsky covers that better than anybody else. And that does play into NFL trade week. So, Kemsky tomorrow, early, Gil, late, McDonald, and McMullen will be here for all two hours. Unless you're not. You're going to be here, right, John? Yeah, I'm going to be here. Although okay. the Eagles are back to work tomorrow. So I'm, I'm going to have a long day, Jeff. Long Suck day. it up. Suck it up and get it done, McMullen. You had a bye week. Always do. Always get it do. done. We'll get it done tomorrow in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.